0: Welcome to another episode of Two P's on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two P's.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Gerald is here with you, your host, and I'm so happy that you joined us again this week. We are into 2021. The new year is upon us, but nothing has really changed over here on The Peas. I have a guest host every week, sometimes more than one, and we do a fun top five countdown, give some honorable mentions at the end of the episode in whatever the topic may be. And this was an interesting topic that came to my mind. Usually I let my guests come up with a topic, but this one I kind of thought of, and I'll explain why here in a moment. But first, let's say hello to my guest host this week. He's been on before, although I was thinking about it, and it's actually been almost exactly a year, I think, since the last time this dude came on, which is a shame because he's one of my favorite guys in the world, Mr. Drew Hallam from The Real Fields Podcast. Drew, what's
0: up, brother? Hey, how we going? How we doing? How we doing? I am so excited. And you know yeah. what? I think it. I think it was on for was it the decade movies. Yeah, you did best yeah. of the decade with yeah. me,
1: which which would have been last January, oh and my here gosh. we are. That
0: yeah, Wow. What, <laughs> how time flies. What's wrong with me? What is
1: wrong with me? <laughs> I feel like, in fairness, though, I've tried to had you on a few times, and it has fallen through. It, and like, it is. whatever. Sh-
0: schedules are a thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: life is... the 2020 was what it was, you know? So, <laughs> I guess we just had to get into a new year, and I have you back, you know?
0: You know what? It works out. It works out. What, what a better way to kick it off.
1: Yeah, I love it, man. Well, thanks so much for being here, brother. Now, why don't you tell everybody, real quick, in your own words, because it's a mouthful, what is the topic that we're counting down tonight.
0: The topic today is top movies with character names in the title.
1: There you go. There you go. You know, my friend Dan, our mutual friend Dan from Netflix and Swill, tried to get cute because he said it's <laughs> eponymous. I'm like, A, I didn't know what that meant. I had to fucking Google it. And B, nobody's going to know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means if I put that on there. So this is the... what. what let me. You know what? Let me... Uh, Look up on my letterbox, Drew, and see what I, exactly I put on there that is probably going to end up making the episode uh, artwork. But it says, it was a top five movie titles featuring character names. That's what you said, right? That's basically mm-hmm. what you said.
0: That's essentially so what I said.
1: So here we are. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, sure, same thing. So this came to me, Drew, because I was you know, listening to Christmas music in my car. Mm-hmm. And I started going... It was because of music, and I started going, man, there are so many songs with names, like names of people, Mm -hmm. you know? like Amanda by Boston, like, you know, just all these songs. And I'm like, and that's one that I want to do as well. And then I started thinking, well, I wonder like if that's the thing with movies. And as soon as I Googled it, it's like literally a million movies. And then so when I started many. thinking about it, I'm like, oh my God, there's so many. <laughs> so, so I'm like, let's do it. You know, and I pitched it to you and you're like, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So when you were doing your research and when you kind of started thinking about your list, I mean, did you run into that as well? I mean, it was like a million.
0: Oh, there, there, I, there were so many. I mean, I started it off with like, you know, characters name and titles and I'm thinking like no no I, we got to go we got to go more specific here all right male character names and titles and even that was a huge list and then female name in, in, characters and titles yeah and- Eventually, I just, you know, I went through that list. I went through that website that featured them. And then finally, I just went to one that just had a slew of movies. I think it was like 35 pages. I stopped at like 14 because (laughs) it would have just kept going. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I agree, man. You know, another thing that I want to make sure we talk about at the top here, which has been a little bit of contention already in my own household, Drew, okay, Mm. is... Now, you and I discussed this off-air. We didn't tell each other our list or anything like that because I never do that. Mm-hmm. But we did talk a little bit about the criteria to make sure that we were somewhat eye-to-eye. Right. And we are only going to select movies that the names in the title are actual names, not personas right. or or alter right. you know, e- egos. Now, <laughs> sometimes I'll get my wife's feedback, right? So we went out uh, to get some last-minute shopping done earlier today and i told her what we were doing tonight and the first movie she said she's like oh well i know batman's on your list and i go no because that's not his name and she goes what do you mean his name's batman i'm like no his name's not batman his name's bruce wayne (laughs) and so we went into this whole thing and then i told her some of the movies that were on my list and she was like so that's you think that qualifies but batman doesn't and it was a whole thing so what what do you what about you man i mean when you were making your list are these like god-given like parental names that were given to these people
0: so I I specifically stuck with names (laughs) that the characters very much were named and that is their given name now if you're going to go with You know, the idea of like it's a persona that they take on, then it very much better be that exact name that they are only addressed by in the entire film. There you go. That's that's fair. I I could say that, too.
1: Yeah, you know, I was pretty hard line, man. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty hard line. There is one movie in my top 10. So it would be in my honorable mentions, the movie that I'm talking about that my wife gave me a little bit of shit on. Because she said, "Well, you can't do that one if you're not going to do Batman." And I was like, "Well, I'm not going to do Batman because you, you know then you can do Spider Man, Iron Man, and like you know what I mean. It's just like right. well, let's just you know if it was like Peter Parker, you know if that was the name of the movie, then I could do Peter Parker, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but the movies the movies are Spider Man, so I, I chose not to go that route. So and we did get quite a bit of fan feedback too, Drew, where people were listing. Nicknames or alter egos or he, hero names, right? But we're just going with their names. Yeah, I'm excited to see where you go. Do you think we're going to have any crossover?
0: Tonight? I I don't know because I I specifically went fun with my list, so okay. I, this isn't necessarily like mm, these are the quintessential films with character names. This is <laughs> this is just pure fun for me, and right. I, even my uh, honorable mentions are going to be the way. I mean, there, there's there's a possibility of crossover. We'll see what happens.
1: All right. Cool, man. Well, I'm excited to see where you go, and uh, I think I'm almost 99.9% positive that you've heard of and seen all of mine, so I'm excited to have a little bit of commentary there as well. But let's get it started, man. So our top five movie titles featuring character names. Drew, Hallam, my boy, you can go first, man. What's your number five?
0: Number five comes straight to us from the 80s, and it is the brilliant stylings and comedic wit of 1989's John Candy and Uncle Buck. Oh, Good one, man. I oh. didn't think
1: about this one. Good one, real good one. Yeah, I mean, is this up there for you as far as like your favorite candy?
0: Uh, you, you know, know? what? I, I think I think Uncle Buck is is the top for me. There are other ones that I think that just you know they they definitely rank second and third, or even like certain ones that are you know kind of lower rank, and possibly people have never even seen them, like Delirious or Who Is Harry mm-hmm. Crumb. But uh, yeah, Uncle Buck is definitely up at the top.
1: Yeah, I love that one too, man. I feel like that was really a a showcase for him too. Mm-hmm. You know, like he—I mean—he stole the show. Really, anything he was in, but this one was like tailor made for him, and it was just his—it was his thing, you know. And he was just taking care of business. And man, I love—I uh, just love him so much, man. It's such a such a sad loss that he's oh, yeah. not around. Much like a Chris Farley or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. that I just wish they could—I just wish they could have been around forever. They just right. bought so much joy, and they just owned you know everything, man. Um, Planes, Trains, Automobiles. Man, John Candy's a legend. That's a great pick. I don't know why I didn't didn't think about that uh, movie, but that's a great pick. So Uncle Buck is your number five. Mm -hmm. My number five is from one of my favorite filmmakers. I guess I'll get a little bit of kind of bounce back from the earlier comments I was making about Batman because I'm going to use Tim Burton here. My number five is going to be Edward Scissorhands. Okay. That's my number five yes so uh yeah I mean Burton man the aesthetic right I mean we're talking early 1990 actually I believe so early 90s for Burton here which was right when he was starting to be that gothic just just taking that gothic ownership of, of cinema and everything he put his touch on I loved it man like I was I was a goth slash grunge kid in the 90s and Tim Burton <laughs> spoke to me uh and you get that you know Burton and Johnny Depp collaboration which has been has become so iconic Oh yeah. You know, no matter no matter what you may think of Depp or whatever. I mean, that's an iconic cinematic duo. And there's a couple movies I could have put in here, honestly. And I chose to go with Edward Scissorhands. You know, truth be told, we're recording this towards the end of December, so the holiday season's around and this is a tangential Christmas movie oh, yeah. for, me, for me every year too.
0: Oh yeah, this uh, is this is very much a watch uh, every Christmas season. I have yet to watch it at this moment, but it definitely is on the list.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I love it. Winona Ryder. I mean, come on, man. Can't beat it. Mm-hmm. So, so Edward Scissorhands, the titular character—I mean, that's that's what I went with. That's my, that's my Burton pick to kind of make up for not being able to use Batman because it didn't fit the brief. In case right. my wife is listening to this,
0: and I mean, it, it's it's still it's still his character. It's who he's listed as. It's it's his name. I mean, right. it's not like you know you're gonna just adding the last wording of Scissorhands doesn't make it like an incomplete. You know, right. pick. Right, right. That's Edward. That's Edward, you know. Yeah. Alright, man, so there we go. That's my five. Uh, back over to you for your four, man. You had Uncle
1: Buck at five. What's your four?
0: Number four is a true guilty pleasure, and much like you with a lot of uh, top lists, I cannot walk away satisfied without getting in some horror. So, I'm going to 2003 for a double header with Freddy versus Jason. Hey! hey. You got both of them in there. <laughs> yes. Look at that.
1: Nicely done. <laughs> I, um... I'll let you talk a little bit about this movie, but I, I did that at the last second on my list. My oh, number did you? 10. Oh, okay. My number 10. My last movie that I'm going to be talking about tonight is a horror film. Mm. Uh, and I, ha- I had to put one on the list, but we'll talk about that when we get to it, obviously. But yeah, talk a little bit about Freddy versus Jason. It's such a fun
0: flick, man. It, it is such a fun flick. I mean, for decades, you know, people probably have been, you know, anticipating a possible like head to head, you know, battle through with various icons of horror and we finally get it with two of the biggest heavyweights in the horror industry and yeah. it's it's so campy, it's goofy, it's gory, it's it's damn near perfect because you also have such an ending where who really won? Was there a winner? Is right. it is it even over yet? And I mean for a lot of people I think some people give it slack. This is a true guilty pleasure for me. I know that Paul from The Countdown 100% agrees with me as this being like a guilty pleasure and fun horror movie to watch. And it's just, it's great. I think it's a good movie. It is, man.
1: I just got the Shout Factory Friday the 13th. Uh, collection, which I think you did as well. I, right?
0: I did. I did. And had yeah, to get man. those uh, replacement discs as well. Me too. <laughs> Might mine,
1: mine actually just came in the mail the other day, actually. But I haven't uh, had a chance to, to go through it yet. But when I do, I'm just going to sit down and hopefully watch the whole series. I'll probably do like one every night until I'm through all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, get through the holidays and then I'll do that. I'm looking forward to it. But this is uh, one of the more fun, you know, quote unquote, fun entries in the series It doesn't take itself too seriously. And, right. Um it's obviously just fanfare it's campy it's it is ambiguous too in the ending which is great because I'm sure you have fans I mean not me because I love both of them equally of course but you have fans that you know are on one side or the other and it kind of leaves it, everybody wins right with exactly versus Jason. exactly yeah. so great pick man and you doubled up there nice. so if we were <laughs> if we if we were playing categories <laughs> you'd be getting double points or whatever yes. so that's pretty good <laughs> All right man so my number 4 now listen to this dude uh, so I was telling you me and my wife were having this conversation in the car, and we kind of had a fun you know <laughs> argument surrounding it, right and she she had mentioned another one, and I'm like, oh my God, like I could not believe that I didn't put this movie on my list initially. So I had to take one one movie out of my top ten to put this movie on there that my wife reminded me of, which I, i'm I'm literally flabbergasted that it wasn't on my list initially, but it's the John Hughes classic. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm, 19-
0: that was that was a contender for my top five.
1: I mean, how did I forget this, man? I didn't have <laughs> it on my list originally. I'm sure you've heard me talk about it on the show before, but this is, I mean, it's got to be one of my favorite comedies of all mm-hmm. time. It's just a great film. Matthew Broderick as Ferris Bueller. It literally... Forever for the rest of time will be known as Ferris Bueller. Right. Uh, I mean, he's done a lot of great stuff, and he's a great actor, stage and screen. But he is just synonymous with that character now. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a handful of actors that do that. You know, they're able to further their careers, but they they peak so early, if you will. They take right, they take yeah. this iconic role so early on. But they're able to keep working, but they never... That's always there. Like, whatever movie they're they're working on or TV show or whatever, that's happening, but then right next to it is a picture of, you know, this <laughs> iconic character. You know, Michael J. Fox is another one I think of, you know, from Back to the Future. Right. Uh, he's just always going to be Marty McFly to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and similarly... Is Matthew Broderick with Ferris Bueller? But I guess you're a fan of this one, yeah?
0: Oh yeah, no, no, no. I this is this is a uh, a very good pick. I, it definitely, like I said, was a contender for my top five. And I, I think certain films like this that you just know so well that they can easily like slip through, you know, your fingertips and uh, just easily glaze over. And you're like, okay, what am I going to pick? What am I going to pick? No, 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 not that. Okay, what am I going to pick? It's it's uh, it's a good pick. I think it's a solid solid pick.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, Ferris Bueller's another one of those movies that. If it's on and I'm like, you know, channel surfing or you know looking for something to watch, I mean, it's like impossible for me not to watch some of it. Like, I right, <laughs> literally right. have to watch it. You know, I, mean, I can't stop and I just have to watch it. Almost so. have to
0: see if it, like, if it's at the point where you can see him right racing home. <laughs> like, if you can just catch the racing home, it's it's almost yeah. worth the whole movie. <laughs>
1: right? Is he is he gonna do this to Cameron again? Let me watch and see.
0: <laughs> Poor Cameron. <laughs>
1: and he does it every time, man. Alright, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is my number four, which shoots us over to you for your three, man.
0: Alright, number three takes us again back to the eighties. And this is something that my co-host and I, we constantly quote on our show. And uh, it's 1988's Willow. I really okay. I really love Willow. I, I love a good underdog movie. And I mean you how can you not love it? You got Warwick Davis, you have Val Kilmer, and it's just a, it's just a fun film. Some monumental, you know, uh, development in like you know special effects, and uh, I don't know. How can you not love Willow? Yeah, I get it. I just haven't seen it so long. Oh um, well, supposedly they're getting a a, a, a live action uh, series going on uh, Disney Plus. Supposedly it's coming. Oh.
1: Oh wow! I did not know that. Supposedly, now this movie this movie is considered good or no?
0: Oh yeah, like, I mean, like I, critically. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, oh, yeah, no, it's me. very it's very critically acclaimed. Uh, I mean, even with Willow not necessarily getting sequels, I know that uh, George Lucas uh, supposedly wrote like two novel sequels, or at least okay. or at least one. Um, but yeah, it's it's very it's very much liked. Okay, cool. I need to I need to revisit
1: it, man. Oh, I, yeah. I, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Get on it. I mean, it's been l it's been a long time, brother. But Get it's, on it. It's come, up, it's, it's come up a couple other times on the show too. And uh this isn't the one with uh, Tom Cruise in it, is it? What's the No, one no that's yield? legend. Legend, that legend. That's the one that's a piece the, of shit, right? And
0: the infamous Tim Curry playing uh the, <laughs> oh, yeah. the darkness. Okay. He plays Satan. Oh, oh man. It's and you know okay. Tom Cruise for me is not like what I go to see that movie for. It's uh None. it's like the side characters. <laughs> legend. <laughs> oh man.
1: All right, well, so I apologize for mixing up a legend with Willow. That's for oh sure. no, you're, okay, you're fine, you're fine. You were
0: blinded by the power of the middle tooth. You're okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, my number three comes from one of my favorite filmmakers, and it is my number two. Well, probably my number three favorite film of his from his catalog. Mr. Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill mm. is my number three. Uh, are you curious what my top two Quentin Tarantino films are? Because I'll tell you. Oh gosh. Um, you might know already, but you know, uh, I don't want. I don't want to risk being wrong. So why don't you just tell me? <laughs> uh, I'll just tell you. It's a Glorious Bastards and Pulp Fiction. Those are my top okay. two. Okay,
0: I, I was thinking Pulp Fiction would be up there, but I, you know what? There's always the chance. There's always the chance mm-hmm. that it's
1: not. You know, I think of Kill Bill as a collective set you know i don't i don't do the volume one volume two mm-hmm. bull crap you know it's just a kill bill movie hey, to me it's, hey, it's okay it's just like
0: lord of the rings it's all one movie
1: yeah well <laughs> i gotta just man i don't know if i call those one movie <laughs> like one month maybe i don't know uh yo, but i love this film man i mean what else can i say that hasn't already been said i mean his style of filmmaking just speaks to me he's he's a pioneer you know uma thurman in this as it as the bride in this revenge tale. The music is great. Uh, The cast of characters is great. Uh, So much action, so much heart, especially when you get into the second half of the saga. Mm -hmm. So, So much really witty Tarantino dialogue thrown in there, especially in volume two. So it's got a little bit of everything that a Tarantino fan has come to love. And just kind of jam-packed into these two different segments. So I love Kill Bill, and I love the showdown at the end of Volume 2 when the titular Bill uh, you know, confronts the bride, and they have their sit-down at the table. And it's such a subtle, quiet confrontation that ultimately turns deadly. But it's just like the two of them just kind of like giving their side of the story and just kind of admiring each other's work so to speak right (laughs) and understanding each other and understanding where each other are coming from is a mutual respect there's still a love there uh but you know she's there for her daughter man and she's taking care of fucking business and this is the end of you know she's there to kill bill you know and it's uh i thought it was a really unique showdown if you will Mm -hmm. uh we don't we don't don't usually get a showdown filled with dialogue (laughs) right (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) Uh, but in a Tarantino film, it didn't seem out of place. So I do love that movie. The first one, the first volume is all action. The second one is really a heartfelt kind of character study. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they go together uh, very well, beautifully. So that's my number three, Kill Bill. Obviously, you're into it,
0: right? Oh, yeah. No, I enjoy Kill Bill. It's been a while since I've watched it, but I, I remember it fondly. Uh, I mean, just I, I, I absolutely love, you know, uh, Tarantino's like styling of when Mm -hmm. someone literally gets their head chopped off there's that half second and then just yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) because Uh, it's it's almost like pure like for someone who probably hasn't seen Kill Bill or is like understanding of like Tarantino's style of violence in in his films like you can relate it to anime I mean anime is very much like that or uh, and other uh, like samurai films so it's it's there it's beautiful in its own you know manner it's it's fun
1: yeah man Alright, so that's my number three. Uh we're
0: up to our runner-ups, Drew. What do you got at number two, man? Number two is probably gonna get me some guff from some people, but this is something that I truly loved watching growing up. And it's uh it's going it's sticking to the 80s. It's 1985's Pee-Wee's Big Adventure. Okay. I, yeah, hey, I love Tim Pee-wee. Burton again. Yeah, Tim Burton coming in, you know, coming in one more time. I, I really love Pee-Wee's Big Adventure. I think it's a fun, fun movie. You see such exciting and you know, very cleverly made characters and memorable ones. Like, I mean, I don't know how many times, jokingly, I've gotten out of, like, you know, a friend's car if they drop me off somewhere and I'm like, all right, tell... I'll tell him. Large Marge sent me. And then just, <laughs> <laughs> or just like, you know, jokingly, you know, look at someone, squint their, squint the eye and then look off in the distance. I'm a, I'm a rebel, Dottie. A loner. <laughs> <laughs> it's too good, man. It's, it's too uh, good. It's just fun. And who who does not want to see the, the contraption, the erector set contraption in the in the kitchen just going along to. Right. Oh, so much fun.
1: It's good, man. I love this movie too, and it's just all nostalgia for me because it takes me back to such a when I was so young and and saw it. It was a little edgy at the time for like young kids, mm-hmm. um, you know. But it still was okay, you know. Much like you know Beetlejuice, for example, where it was kind of like towing that line where it right. was like okay for this, but maybe not for the next family or maybe not for the next kid. But you know. <laughs> um, and Tim Burton has a has a knack for that. I mean, he has, he's he's kind of got a hold of that niche, especially in the '80s and '90s. He did so great pick, man. Pee Wee's Big Adventure is your number two. My number two is Dark, brother. Oh, uh, and I had to do it, man. Let's but it's do a black it. comedy from 1988. And who would have thought that Winona Ryder was going to be featured twice on my top five? But oh. Heather's, Oh. Heather's from 1988. Now Winona Ryder. Uh, truthfully, this is when I fell in love with hers in this movie and and, uh, started my crush, my love affair crush on her started in 1988 when I saw this. And I still love her today, even as the mother on Stranger Things. I'm like, oh my God, I love you. Um, But I've had a crush on her my whole life and this is where it started. She plays Veronica in the film Mm -hmm. and she has three friends kind of like a mean girls-esque yes. click in the movie and the other three girls are each named heather um and here you go heathers and that gives us our dark comedy you know the tagline for this movie which will probably anybody that knows my sensibilities will know why i love it so much but the tagline back then was best friends social trends and occasionally murder (laughs) only occasionally (laughs) so so what are you gonna do you know uh christian slater just hamming it up in this film early in his career kind of channeling his jack nicholson impression in this movie uh but he's a dark dude in it and the film just has this kind of overlying sense of dread but you kind of laugh Mm -hmm. uh, at the at the awkwardness that it kind of you know presents uncomfortable laughter yes yeah 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 So Heathers has remained one of my favorite 80s films. It's made it onto a couple other lists I've done and I thought about it pretty much right away uh, for this list too. So it ended up it ended up cracking my, as my runner up there, Heather's. You've uh, obviously seen this one. You're a fan of it.
0: I, yeah, I've seen Heather's. It, again, it's been it's been a little bit a while, but um, usually mm-hmm. what uh, I always remember is, of course, the funeral scene. And, of course, yeah. you know, them going up and each doing their little, you know, condolences and silent prayer or reflection. But especially like, you know, it's like, oh, man, God, why'd <laughs> you have to take such a, a really good piece of snatch? Oh, sorry, it's a joke, man. Take a joke.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie has that, it really does balance that tone where it's like just uncomfortable and awkward, mm-hmm. but it it feels like a normal setting at the same time. Right. You know, it has a really, because there's a lot of 80s films, you know, the second half of that decade that didn't get that balance right. You know, they didn't balance that tone correctly and it would come off as too cheesy, campy or, you know, schlocky, whereas Heather's feels a bit more grounded, I think. You know, mm-hmm. d- despite its kind of outlandish story, which I thought was really cool. And uh, you know, can be noted to the filmmakers. I mean, they, they deserve credit for that, and obviously the actors and actresses involved as well. But yeah, it's remained one of my favorite 80s films. Heathers is my number two. Winona Ryder, twice on my list, man. I know my at top you. five. Look at you. How about that? How about that? <laughs> All right, man. So if you're ready, brother, we are uh, we bro we breeze through it, Drew. You know, I get you on the show, you're quippy, you're snappy, man, you're in and out. I love it. <laughs> Uh what's your number what's your number one movie that features a character name buddy?
0: Number one movie that features a character name is from 1988 and it is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Wow, I did not see this one coming. No? Okay. Oh, I I love this movie. It's so good. It's so iconic. You have hilarious lines. And again, it's more lines that like myself and specifically like my co-host Jack, we like look at each other and we'll say something and he's all like, you mean when I killed your brother with a voice (laughs) just like this? And it's just, it's super hilarious. I love seeing, again, the variety of iconic cartoon characters spread throughout a normal world. And it doesn't seem so goofy. It's completely accepted. And again, it's that sense of like magical realism. You're all like, but it's a cartoon. Okay, I'm not going to try and overthink this. And, And everything's fine. And I love the idea that a cartoon character could finally die, like really die. And that was something so different for me watching it as a kid, and I'm like, "What do you mean? What do you mean they can die? Right. <laughs> he's going to go in the. Right. He's going to go in the dip." <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. The
1: groundbreaking is the thing that comes to mind with me with this movie. Oh, very much so. Uh, I mean, the the the, the nothing style, nothing like it at the time.
0: No, yeah. I mean, they, they you had f- films beforehand that allowed certain stylings of this type of animation to be incorporated into live action, but. I don't think nothing to this degree. I mean, something that easily right. comes to mind from, you know, earlier years is uh, Pete's Dragon from 1977. Yeah, sure. But nothing to this level. Nothing to this sure. level.
1: And it was cool, too, because it was really the last hoorah before all the legal battles and shit. Because mm. you, you had WB characters, you had Disney characters, you know, all these different animated universes were in the same project. Which, if you tried to make that today... Oh, be, no. I mean, well, first of all, it would be impossible. No. Consider, considering it wasn't, it would be a giant legal battle to be able to make that happen. So The,
0: the mouse would not let it happen. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: I'll do it if you let me just own everything in Hollywood. <laughs> Which is getting we're getting to that point anyway, I guess. A little bit. All right, so your number one man, uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, I love that movie, but I will. I don't know why. I just didn't expect that, but a uh, good pick, man. Thank you. So my number one is in my top ten films of all time. So mm. it was almost impossible for me not to throw it on this list uh, high up. But it's from nineteen ninety seven. It's Good Will Hunting. Oh, is my number one. You're a fan of that. You've seen this. Oh uh, well, I mean,
0: I, I adore Robin Williams yeah. as oh, a yeah, character sure. in – As as a character, well, I mean, he is a character, but I enjoy enjoy him so much as an actor. And this, and man, it it speaks to the testament of his ability to delve into you know his acting and Mm -hmm. so much for even like he's a side character, and 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 he's like what people remember about it. Aside from aside from the whole like you know slam on window, how's them? uh, How's them for some apples? (laughs) Um, You like them apples? You like apples? (laughs) Well,
1: yeah, I mean, Robin Williams is definitely uh, one of the highlights of this film, for sure. I mean, his performance is, I mean, it'll go down in in the annals of history forever in cinematic history. As, uh, you know, he's playing that psychiatrist, but he's kind of like run down. He's lost his wife. Mm. And and I've mentioned this on my show before, too, but seeing him in this role, and he's done other stuff like Dead Poets Society and some other things that came before this, but... Those types of roles in general, and this one was really the epitome. I felt like for his from his acting prowess, you know. But I've mentioned on my show before, seeing him in that role was always very interesting to me, and I really admired it because he's such a zany, like manic, like comic, and he's just always like sweating and bouncing off the walls, like you know what I mean. And in this role, he was so quiet and subdued and calm. And you have to imagine the prep work that must have went in for him as an actor to be able to contain himself to do that uh, to make it believable because he wasn't that type of person. You know what I mean? He wasn't the kind of guy that would, you know, sit on a park bench and watch ber- ducks eat bread. You know, <laughs> that wasn't his thing. You know what I mean? Right. So it always really impressed me. Um uh, from that respect. And then, you know, the the screenplay won the Academy Award too and that was when Ben Affleck and Matt Damon became names in Hollywood mm-hmm. was with this movie, with the screenplay. You know, they were in it as well as actors, but, and, and they do a great job. They really do. Minnie Driver does a great job. The cast is amazing. Casey Affleck's in there. Uh, it's one of my favorites, man. I have a lot of friends in the Boston area too and I love how Affleck and Damon really made Boston a centerpiece of the film. You know, there's a lot of films out there that, you know, like New York is the star because it takes place in New York. Right. I I felt like they did that the same thing with South Boston, with Southie in this film. It was really a star of the film. It felt really gritty. It felt like, you know, it was... You know, home videos shot on the streets of South Boston, and I thought they did a really, uh, a really good job with that too. So I love Goodwill Hunting, and like I said, it's in my top ten of all time, and it's definitely my favorite Robin Williams performance. Uh, the only thing that might come close would be the genie from Aladdin.
0: Mm, oh, I mean, uh, you can't, I mean, but you can't deny yeah, the genie.
1: Absolutely, man. So there you go. And Aladdin, by the way, would have been another Aladdin uh, would have pos- worked possibility worked. for this uh, list, by the way. But so Goodwill Hunting from '97 is my number one, and there you go, Drew. We uh we did it. We we came up with and we didn't have any crossover we had in our no top five crossover.
0: Well, I also knew because I was going a lot I was going fun and I was going just you know Yeah you know, kind of zany yeah. and goofy a little bit. I didn't I don't know. I didn't think that there would be any, but there was always the possibility.
1: Well that's cool, man. You got ten different films there. Why don't you give uh why don't you wrap up your top five again real quick? Just remind everybody what you had there.
0: All right. Well for some number five, I had uh, 1989's Uncle Buck. And then it was 2003's Freddy vs. Jason, 1988's Willow, 1985's Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and finally, 1988's Who Framed Roger Rabbit.
1: I went for Halloween about 10 years ago, Drew. I went as Roger Rabbit. Did you really? And, Please uh, tell me I'll, you still have pictures. <laughs> uh, actually, I do have a few. Pictures. Yes. And I will, I'll keep it PG, okay? But I'll just tell you. That my uh, my date, my girlfriend at the time, went as Daphne from uh, Scooby Doo.
0: Oh, and we had a mutual <laughs>
1: friend that went as Velma. Okay, and I'll just keep it PG, but I'll just say that was a fun party, brother. Roger <laughs> Rabbit, uh, Roger Rabbit was doing his thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, that was Halloween about uh, 10, 10, 11 years ago. So, um, All right, man, so i tell you what. Why don't we do some honorable mentions, Drew? You know, I try to limit myself, so I've just got five here. I got rid of a bunch. I probably could have had to 50. <laughs> but, yeah, just uh, which ones would round out your top ten, buddy?
0: So rounding out my top 10, something that that I've always really enjoyed because it's just stupid comedy and it's also parody comedy. But uh, 2003's Johnny English with Rowan Atkinson, I I really enjoy because it's just it's goofy enough. And it's the suave debonair English spy. And he is just like a bumbling magoo. You you can't you cannot (laughs) help but love him.
1: Good stuff, man. All right. What
0: else? Uh, let's see. Uh, I also had, and and I, I should have given this for uh, this is this one's for Nick, and it's a uh, 1995's Judge Dread. Oh, nice! Yeah, good one. Yeah, classic. <laughs> I am the law. <laughs> I am. The- <laughs> uh,
1: what else you got? Just go ahead and list them.
0: Uh, all right. Uh, so I also had uh, 1994's, and this is a, a childhood favorite of mine. It was 1994's Maverick.
1: Matt, oh, with uh, Mel Gibson. Yeah, with
0: Mel Gibson. Okay, all mm-hmm. right, sure. And yeah. uh, a uh, a personal guilty pleasure of mine is uh, <laughs> is Paul Blart Mall Cop, and oh, I, I don't care who knows. I don't care. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man, oh.
1: Uh, that's that's good stuff, man. <laughs> Paul Blart, Paul oh, Blart, okay.
0: and let's uh, let's round it off because it is currently currently now it is the season and. Uh, it's a, it's greatly enjoyed by you and I. We're gonna round it off with Krampus.
1: Mm, well done, well done. We'll be doing a watch party for that this weekend. We'll, I know. I, I, you know
0: what? I'll join it again. I'll join you.
1: I'll if watch I, it. I'll watch if, it again. <laughs> I hope so, man. I'm looking forward to see. It. It'll it be my first time watching it this season, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, that'll actually be tomorrow night as we're recording. So to round out my top five, I had to go with Logan at number six. I mean, Logan is game. in my
0: honorable mentions. <laughs> the and, other ones.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, the other the other fifty. <laughs> There were so many There's Drew. There so really many. were. Like, Again, like I started making my list, I deleted list like is at huge least twenty. I made, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Logan was being my number six. My number seven was the Truman show. Uh-huh. My number eight is Wally. Uh, the Disney Pixar film. Wally was one that of my was,
0: first thoughts that came to my mind when you uh you tell me this uh this list challenge.
1: That was the one that my wife gave me a little bit of shit on because I wouldn't do Batman, but I did Wally. She's what? like but that's, mean, his, but that's his
0: designation. <laughs> that's his name.
1: <laughs> oh, believe me, bro. I said I, I, I said her, her straight, don't worry. <laughs> uh my my number nine would have been Scott Pilgrim versus the World.
0: Oh, and,
1: And then my number ten was Mandy, which came out uh, in
0: 2018. Oh yeah, the
1: Nicholas Nicholas Cage horror action. I didn't even
0: think of Mandy.
1: Yeah, man, so what i like to do to round out the episode, Drew, as you know, buddy, is head over to the Facebook fan community. Woo! Guys, if you have not joined up yet, please check the show notes and join up to our Facebook fan group, because that is where I interact with our fans the most, as Mr. Drew will tell you. It's true. But I pitched it to him over there, man. I said, hey, what are some of your favorite movies in which the movie's title features a character's name? And there's a bunch that we didn't mention, man, here, and then there's a few that are going to kind of go against our kind of brief, so to speak, but mm. they're still still fun, still great movies. Joey Mills, friend of the show, says, "What's eating Gilbert Grape" is the first thing that came to mind.
0: Okay, it's
1: a good one. Yeah, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, right? I, I mean, w- such. How did he not win an award? I, I mean, right? I, such a prolific actor. Think I mean, of how man. that could have so,
0: changed his career for so long. He didn't have one to his name, and yeah, he could he have won to one. Find a bear in the woods. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he could have. He could have had one <laughs> so early.
1: Yeah, he was. I, I could have easily seen it. It Would have been supporting too. So I, I mean, you easily, it, so. easily. Ah uh, Perry Wilson, recent uh, guest on the show, said Logan and Aladdin, the aforementioned Aladdin. Mm-hmm, there you mm-hmm. go Patrick Sherwood, patron and friend of the show, said Krampus, Batman, and Rocky. Rocky's kind of an obvious one that we didn't go for
0: right I had I had Rocky on the list, but uh, I I mean mm-hmm. it's the grand list
1: mm-hmm. yeah uh, Jared Taylor, patron of the show says Deadpool. Uh,
0: yeah. uh, I don't, know. I don't know Wade Wilson uh,
1: <laughs> Paul Tron Uncle Buck there you go and Captain Ron <laughs> so Jared's pulled out Captain Ron <laughs> nice brother oh, nice wow I didn't see that coming uh, Brad, another patron and friend of the show, says Capote mm-hmm. is at the top, the top of his list. Uh, great uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman film, mm-hmm. there. and uh, Dan Brennick just said any Harry Potter movie.
0: Oh, see, right. I was I was trying to desperately avoid any of the harry potter films and it's kind of the same but it did make my top 10 you know honorable mentions i was trying to avoid also like any indiana jones
1: yeah 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 i thought about indiana jones for a minute too let me let this airplane pass by what the why is there an airplane flying over my house right now drew it's
0: a plane it's a plane boss uh,
1: i think it's gone. <laughs> all right uh patron extraordinaire and friend of the show Yaney says an american tale fievel goes west It's a good one. (laughs) He also says, he also says, being John Malkovich, Uh Beauty and the Beast... Uh, what? Oh, he must be thinking Beast, I guess.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no. And I think this was this was one of the discussions. Oh, that yeah. You and you. I talked about that, right? right? Yeah. He's, right. he's only known as Beast, and that's how that's true. That's how he's referred to by the villagers and everyone else in the castle calls him Master.
1: That's true. That's true. Uh, wizard of Oz, he says. Uh, well,
0: there sure there is a
1: wizard. <laughs> <laughs> he's... Christianity is he's my guy. Dude. and then he says, and then he says forty two, and then I'm like sitting there going, what? And he says, I call all players by their number, so it counts. <laughs> And then, and then just when he thought Chris Handy was done, he says his honorable mention is Debbie Does Dallas.
0: What? <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, sure. Uh, he's all over the place there. Uh, our, our mutual buddy Justin from the Epic Film Guys says he's going to name a few here. Mm-hmm. He's got Dick Tracy. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Dark Man, Who Framed Roger <sighs> Rabbit? There you go. Candy Man, RoboCop, and The Rocketeer. So, again, he's kind of towing that line on the brief there. But
0: yeah, yeah. The the Rocketeer, I mean, he's definitely introduced to us as a different name before he becomes the Rocketeer. I would I would almost give like the consolation nod to Robocop because he is addressed as, you know, Robocop for a majority of the film, aside from the times where, you know, he's slightly addressed as Murphy. Um, Right. Right.
1: right. Yeah. Good point. David Powell, uh, new patron of the show. Thank you so much, David. He says (laughs) this is cute. So I'll just go through this real quick. He says, Raising Arizona, Big Lebowski, Barton Fink, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Inside Llewellyn Davis, Hudsucker Proxy. Oh, sorry. Did you want non-Cohen Brothers films, too? <laughs> <laughs> oh, killed it. <laughs> they, I guess they do use uh, character names they, in their they titles. Do, they do. I,
0: I had almost thought of the Ballad of Buster Scruggs for an honorable mention. And I'm thinking, man, it's just one character name for one story in a beautiful anthology. But <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Yvonne, a friend of mine and a new patron of the show, says Thelma and Louise. Mm -hmm. which is That's a really good one. That's a really good one that I didn't think of until much later, but I love that that movie. That could have been your doubleheader. I know. Damn, I missed it. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of doubleheaders, there's a couple on Dan Roski's list. He's a patron and friend of the show. He says Kill Bill... Annie, and then he's got Romeo and Juliet. Okay. And Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. All right. So yeah, he's doubled up there a couple times as well. And then I'll end with a friend of the show, David, who says
0: Harold and Kumar. So another double. Another double. You know what? I think we'll just honorably acknowledge your choice of Heather's as your double. (laughs) Sure. Sure. (laughs) It's your way of saying you're being nice to me because I failed at doubling up. Did
1: I fail at doubling up? I didn't have any, right? Well, let look down. F- now you got me concerned.
0: You didn't fail. Well, no, this is plural. Uh, so it's, 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 it's there it There is works. no fail. There's
1: just, there's just try. Wait a minute. Uh, no, I don't even have any of my 10. You're right. Wow. All right. Well, I have Kill Bill. That rhymed. Did any of yours rhyme, Drew? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh. Drew Hallam. Uh, You know, the myth, the man, I love you. Uh, You know, any time I get a chance to chat with you, it's a lot of fun. And whether it's related to the show or not, you're just a great dude. And I'm thank so you. glad you were able to come on the episode and talk about this kind of weird topic that I've been wanting to do. So thank you for doing that with me. We have another one planned in the future that you pitched that's mm-hmm. going to take – that's going to be a lot more of a of a of a brain teaser, right?
0: It'll take some research. Uh,
1: what was that one we're going to do? We're going to do like our, our best improv the, scenes. Or the, something yeah, like the that?
0: the top uh, five, the top improv scenes in movies. And if we want yeah, to expand it, we could just say in movies and, and TV. Yeah, where the actors like go off. script. Oh yeah, totally or, off script. Which I'm going to have to research
1: because oh, I don't yeah. know that I know really.
0: I, I think this it'll take some research. So we can we can set like a far away future date, and we'll just uh, we'll start now. <laughs> you
1: know, yeah you got to be locked in for 2023. I'm going to start my research now. Perfect. We'll, we'll, we'll line it up. We'll figure it out. All right, man. So, uh, Drew, you do the Real Fills podcast. You do some other stuff, too, I think, right? Dungeons and Dragons or some other stuff. Oh, shit. yeah.
0: I, I, I do another uh, you, a D&D doing, podcast. It's called Crit Storm Cast. Yeah. Yeah,
1: just tell everybody, man. Tell them where – I'm going to put as much info as I can in the show notes too, guys. Make sure you look them up. But, Drew, just tell them where they
0: can find you, brother. Yeah, sure. So, you can find the Real Feels Podcast. We are up on Twitter at Real Feels Pod. You can also just search Instagram and Facebook. Email us at RealFillspodcast at gmail.com we are every two weeks where we feature a brand new movie genre we never repeat and we have a specifically chosen movie by one of our hosts to coordinate with said genre lots of laughs lots of uh, inappropriate jokes and you know a guaranteed good time that's uh, the way to do it man <laughs> if you want some D&D in your life you can find a, a crit storm cast up on most podcatchers uh, you can search Facebook for our account, Crit Storm Cast, And yeah, uh, I run the game. And then, you know, a group of friends of mine, uh, two of them podcasters as well. And they just, you know, they do my bidding. They roll some dice and uh, try not to die while adventuring. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I never
1: got into D&D, man. But I feel like if I did, I would want you to tell me what to do. Uh, I, I, will, I, will, I don't know gl- what that means. I will but-
0: gladly run you through a game. Uh, <laughs>
1: Gladly, maybe I I should. Man, do it. Do it. (laughs) Maybe maybe when my son gets a little bit older and he wants to start doing it. Yes. What's the age appropriateness for that?
0: Uh, You know what? I I have actually run games for kids as young as like eight. So I mean, it's it's not it's not too uh, it's not too young for them. As long the the biggest thing and what's almost like perfect for children to do it is that it literally is the game of imagination. So huh. if they can if they can think that it's going to happen, why not? Why not? And yeah, it, it, a lot know. of it really is just rolling the dice and simple math. And, you know, they have uh, leveled-down versions of various modules and adventures that are meant for kids. And, yeah, I, I think it's a perfect thing to try with them. Cool, man. Well, maybe we'll have to give it a go, and I'll probably seek you out when the time
1: comes for that. <laughs> I don't want to know what I'm doing. So um, my knowledge will be from, like, Game of Thrones reruns, which is not <laughs> something I want to teach my son. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, uh, look, guys, look Drew up. He's he's a great dude. He's got a great show, and all of his information will be in the show notes. Drew, thanks so much for being here, man. I really appreciate it.
0: Hey, it was a hoot and a half, and I am glad that you asked me to be on.
1: Absolutely, man. All right, guys, we will be back next week with another Top 5 and another pee on the Pod. I'll see you then. Thank you for listening. Two P's is an independent podcast. We rely on donations from our executive producers in order to release new content weekly. Please check the show notes for a current list of all of our executive producers. If you would like to join them to help us continue to release great content, please visit Two Peas on a Pod at patreon.com or check out the show notes for this episode. Again, we sincerely thank you for listening.